Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zerl. With me, as always, is professional film critic Sean Patrick and Jeff Lasseter. Visit us at IHateCritics.net, Everyone's a Critic Podcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our handle is CriticsPod. Listen to us on all your podcatchers, including Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc., uh, please, though, go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the show, rate and review the show. We will read your reviews on the air. And then there's patreon.com slash criticspod, the best way to help support the podcast. Get yourself a credit on the show. And we do have the Friday the 13th commentary track that Sean and Jeff recorded uh, that will be Patreon exclusive until October 13th. Not to mention several of the music episodes Sean and I did that are not ever going to be on our regular feed. Uh, so if you want to hear those, head over to patreon.com slash criticspod. And then finally, our Public link is at ihatecritics.net up in the right-hand corner or search criticspod at tpublic.com. Hey, good point. Uh, Easter's coming up. And, of course, we did an episode on <laughs> what was the record uh, for Easter we talked about? It was very funny. Oh, uh, uh, the, the darkness. Easter The darkness. <laughs> good conversation about that one, which you can only get if you're a patron. Yes. I've got an idea for uh for Easter movies. <laughs> oh no. Zombies. Oh, of course he's got <laughs> Of course he's got a horror film of some kind. Well, I always watch zombie movies on Easter because, you know, Jesus rose from the dead and all that. So <laughs> I'm a big torture porn fan during that weekend. <laughs> that's, that's why you the watch highest, Mel Gibson movies. Yeah. Passion. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> The highest grossing torture porn movie of all time, The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> if I believed in hell, I'd go there. <laughs> Probably a lot more interesting people. Hell would be amazing if it was real. I mean, right? Yeah. You, you'd be joining Mel Gibson, I imagine, someday. No, he's in heaven. Uh, <laughs> I'm in hell with all the fun people. <laughs> That's why the concept of hell made no sense to me. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeff, what do you got going on this weekend? You got a big event coming up. This this weekend is Golden Con, uh, the Golden Girls Convention. I'm going to be there selling my artwork if you're in Chicago. It is so worth it. Even if you're only a casual Golden Girls fan, uh, it's everybody is so ha- – like, I, I don't know if you guys have ever gone to cons. I know, Sean, you joined me at uh, Midwest Monster Fest halfway to Halloween last year. Um Generally, cons are a mixed bag. Some people are super happy to be there. Some people are super intense, um, especially if it's a horror con, because, you know, like the horror metal anger Venn diagram is almost a circle sometimes. <laughs> um, but the Golden Con last year was the first year they did it in Chicago. Uh, it was the first year they did it, period. Uh, and it's returning this weekend. It is so much fun everybody is super happy to be there uh the guests are going to be great i'm going to be sitting next to christy mcnichol from family and empty nest and little darlings and the pirate movie and oh god i wish i could get my ha- my hands on a copy of that before the weekend but um you know dinah manoff i'm gonna try to get child's play signed by her uh just a bunch of people and everybody's super happy. It's super fun. You can come and buy some of my super cool Golden Girls shit. And I've got a bunch of other stuff, too. Um, 
yeah, just just if you're in Chicago or need something to do and you're nearby, swing by, come to the I think it's the Sheridan Grand Riverwalk. Uh Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Excellent. That's awesome. All right. Uh Sean, do you want to tell people where they can read your reviews? Yeah, uh, go to you can go to vocal.media and geeks.media and this week go to beat.media where I wrote a uh, a very strange and satirical review of Eddie Money's song Take Me Home Tonight which is actually a so- Jeff I think a song that you'll love because if you look at it through the lens that I'm looking at it as as an ode to cannibal serial killers. Eat my little baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, take a look at the lyrics of that song. It's very, it's much more weird than anybody really stopped to think about. I yeah, I think Eddie Money was probably a pretty normal but secretly weird dude. Yeah, and certainly Ronnie the Spector, protagonist of that song you know. is <laughs> with the looming specter of Phil Spector over the top, which is great. Exactly. <laughs> I wonder how many kids rush to read your right up. Oh, I mean, it's 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 blowing up. It's viral everywhere. Everybody wants to read about any money. That's what I love about you, though. You don't care. (laughs) I'm passionate about this topic. I found something new. I'm going to write about it. (laughs) That's awesome. Definitely check that out. Uh, And then obviously we talked about Golden Con. Where else can people get your art, Jeff? Uh, go to my website, jefflasseter.com. There's links to my Instagram, to my uh, TeePublic is there. Also, um, my Etsy. And I've, I'm thinking about doing a print sale because I've got a bunch of stuff I just, I'm sick of the sight of. Not that I don't love my own stuff. It's just I've got a ton of stuff. So you can get my Megan print there. You can get my Wednesday print there. All sorts of good stuff. Excellent. All the links are posted in the show notes. Uh, so I bought a six minutes. <clears throat> <laughs> That's just six minutes. We don't have to talk about John. No, I'm just we got nothing but John Wick today and then the 93 movies. Uh, how do you want to do this, Sean? Just one through four or do four and then yeah, go back and talk about one? <laughs> Let's uh, let's save the let's save the modern one for last. Right, we're going to lead off with Those a classic r- then, which is John Wick one through three. <laughs> uh, John Wick, <laughs> John Wick, two thousand and fourteen, directed by Chad Stahelski and Derek Kolstad, and uh, tells the story of uh, a retired hitman named John Wick, played by Keanu Reeves, who uh, gets drawn back into the life after a the son of a Russian gangster tries to steal his car and then. Uh, killing his dog the dog was a gift from his late wife which had a lot of emotional meaning to him on top of being just a really nice dog uh and so it sets him about uh, going around and killing as many people as he has to to get to this uh uh mobster's son uh, played by alfie allen uh of course michael nyquist uh, plays his father and uh i i really enjoyed this movie a lot when i saw it and there's there are issues with it, but I what I've enjoyed about John Wick from the beginning is is just the unusual employment of lore. Like this is not a movie that if you're going into this thinking this exists in our world or in a world that is like normal human world, it's not. It's a heightened universe where 
where this type of thing exists. And they establish a whole universe around it, whether it's the Continental Hotel, which, you know, is it caters specifically to hitmen or like a service where like, you know, in other movies where masses of amounts of bodies are, are left in the, in the wake of a killer. And what do you do with them? Well, here there's actually a service for that, which I thought was a it was just a little funny little touch that they had. They just got a they got a code of rules that they use and and people who decide what those rules are. And there's a whole lot of level upon level of lore that I really enjoyed on top of just this exceptional action that just really never slows down for a moment. Uh, and 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 Keanu Reeves as an actor is kind of just perfectly suited to this for me because it doesn't require him to do a lot. It doesn't require him to be very big or emotive. It requires him to be physically charismatic. And Keanu Reeves is a very physically charismatic guy. And from that perspective, I really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the cars. I enjoyed the guns. And then I enjoyed the lore. The supporting performances are fun with Lance Reddick and Ian McShane and uh I would have liked to have seen better use of the the female characters in these movies, but uh, this movie specifically, I, I wrote an article actually about how they don't really have any depth to any of the female characters, which actually when I wrote it and put it up uh, on our on our initial website, just got so much angry, <laughs> angry pushback from John Wick fans who are like, how dare you criticize this movie? And it's like, this is a very criticizable movie. I, I still like it a lot. I still enjoyed it a lot, but like... <laughs> Like there's plenty to criticize about it. Uh, it's it's basically just a a slightly more self serious Fast and the Furious film. Uh, but I also really like the Fast and Furious movies, so this is kind of this is kind of made for me. Jeff, <laughs> um, I actually I had never seen any of these movies until three days ago. Um. I watched all four in about two and a half days. And I think I told you guys yesterday I was exhausted afterwards because it is just nonstop action. Um, I knew the basic premise of part one that, you know, they kill his dog. And so he gets mad that they killed his dog as you would. Um, I just, I couldn't, it, there was so, there's just so much wall to wall action. Um, you know, like from start to finish, there's just no, almost no time to breathe actually in any of these movies. Um, and I, I, I'm not the person that this was made for because I'm not necessarily a, an action, like constant fighting and shooting person. Um, the first one I really, I, I, it was enjoyable for what it was. It wasn't, you know, I would never like, I wouldn't rush out. And I wouldn't tell everybody, oh, my God, you got to see it. It's the best action movie I've ever seen. It's it's not. It's fine. Um, it's it's kind of like Creed. I had never seen any of those movies before we watched that. And I really did like the first one. Um, and I really did like this one. It was enjoyable. And I, you know, there were a couple times where I looked at my phone when I was like, okay, we're going to fight again. Um, okay. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, he just got out of the fight. Okay, what's going to happen? Oh, he's fighting again because 44 more people suddenly showed up. Um, and that's that's all I have to say about part one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I definitely 
this was the one I paid the most attention to before I started going to my phone the most. But about not quite two-thirds of the way through, I started to see myself drifting, drifting to my phone. But then the story kind of brought me back in, or the action or whatever it was. And uh, I stuck with this one the easiest. But again, I'm not, I'm like you, I'm not the audience for this. Uh, I have nothing really to criticize about it. It's for what it wanted to be, it, it was. And uh, it was very good at being that. This is going to be a really hard episode to do because say this four more times. And that's kind of going to be all I have to add to the show. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's, it's for a specific audience. That audience is not worse than I am. I'm not above the audience. I'm just not the audience. Uh, it's cool action, neat premise. It's cool. They made their own little world, but like you said, fast and furious has a world. Uh, John James Bond has a world. Uh, big daddy has a world. Little Nikki has a world. So they're all kind of these movies that I'm not the audience for, but people like them. I can't say anything bad about them. Well, when I'm talking about a world, I'm talking about like when when somebody creates a a, a heightened universe of specificity. Like I don't think like Scream seems to want to exist. It has a universe, but in that universe, the the rules are a little bit nebulous at times. Whereas this, I think, he sets a series of rules that are in place. Like uh, like I said, like the Continental and all all the various different bits of lore that will build that build upon in each of the subsequent uh, movies. Like they they if you're you you. It creates its own level of believability, and uh, and any movie I find that I f- I find that if movies create a certain level of believability and then violate that, I tend to lose interest in them, which has kind of happened like with the last Scream, especially, yep. uh, just losing that ability to buy in. I never lost my ability to buy in on John Wick. They keep finding you know ways to provide their own you know logic to fill in any kind of gaps as to how how something might have happened. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John Wick 2. <laughs> All right, John so Wick. 14 minutes into the show, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, John Wick 2 uh, came out uh, just a couple of years after the first and uh, uh, 2017. Uh, and it follows John Wick in the immediate aftermath of what happened in uh, the first film. Uh, he was going to get his car back, and then he immediately just destroys the car. But he's going to get it rebuilt. Uh, and he just finishes off the last of the family that was he was fighting against. But uh, this, of course, is an announcement that he is back and working again. And that brings out uh, a member of his uh, Belarusian family, uh, uh, Santino D'Antonio, who uh, reminds him that he holds a marker on him that he'd kind of put aside while John Wick was, you know, is in re- retirement, and now he wants him to use it to kill uh, D'Antonio's sister Gianna, uh, which is a nearly impossible task. She's just been like brought up to the high table, so uh, he's got a really a tough task to get to her. Or at least it would seem to be. He makes it seem pretty easy to get to her. <laughs> uh, the, again, this is this is the one where it's just nonstop beginning to end action uh, with the you know, a couple of dip-ins here to the the continental and expanding the continental lore you know to other cities and how they operate uh, in a similar fashion uh and yeah I, I, once again the, another thing that i've enjoyed about about the john wick movies is that 
yeah, there's a concept in professional wrestling that that, that uh, Bob, I know you'll be familiar with, where where you talk up uh, somebody, you talk them up, and you say that this person is incredibly formidable. What I've enjoyed from the first film and into this one is how when somebody says that John Wick is here, like everybody holds their breath for a moment, like oh my god, John, it's John Wick, John Wick, really, John Wick. Uh, they make it, they they create in your mind this legend uh, of him, and and then Keanu Reeves just has to sort of live into that, and I I think he does. I think he does well enough in terms of just his physical presence and his physical charisma uh, and also just the way it's shot i think chad stahelski is a is a tremendous action director uh i don't know if he could necessarily direct anything other than this but i think as an action director he's pretty incredible and and the way he creates scenes to make it appear that you know like john wick knows how to kill somebody in a very specific way uh, and he, uh, his movements are are balletic. Uh, they, he's a little bit faster than other people, but he also has just a little bit stronger endurance than other people. Uh, he just knows where to put a knife in the human body that's going to finish it, that kind of stuff. Just little touches here and there that just make it uh, just deepen the lore of John Wick, the character, and and the, you know, the lore of the action itself. Uh, again, I, I really enjoyed this one as well. Jeff? I did not like this one as much. I This was the one where I really kind of just, I started working on a drawing on my iPad and I kind of looked up every once in a while. Um, it just didn't, nothing actually caught me after the first, uh, you know, like, oh, he's going to get his car. Cool. Oh, he's going to wreck his car. Oh, John, 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 John. Um, also, I did catch a goof that is not on IMDb when he bursts out of that garage and he like lands kind of sideways, completely blows the front uh, driver's side tire out. And then as he's pulling away, it's fine. But that's just that's the level of where I was watching <laughs> this. Um, the guy can't even walk to the refrigerator without 40 guys trying to kill him. You know, it's it's. I appreciate the world building and I appreciate that, you know, it's a different kind of universe than we live in, but it's like, seriously, why doesn't he change his appearance at all? You know, <laughs> I mean, if he wants to go under the radar a little bit, he could like wear a wig, be blonde, um, shave his beard, anything to kind of, it's, that's what, that's where I was in this entire movie. I don't remember most of the movie because I was kind of like, did I just watch this? And I had just watched John Wick. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess I kind of did just watch that. And it was, it, it was like I said earlier, it was the creed factor where the first one I really liked and I was really engaged in the second one. I was like, Oh, we're just going to do, we're just going to repeat the exact same thing without that much difference. You know, a little, you know, the Bellers and uh, subplot and, you know, trying to a little bit, but not enough for me. So, yeah, for me, it just seemed like it didn't matter how talented he was, how much of a phenom he was. Uh, it seemed like a miserable existence. And <laughs> just like, why do you even want to go on? Why not just let them take you out and be done? Uh, and I yeah. kept wondering that the whole time, which isn't really fair to the movie. Uh, but I, I just like you said, you can't go to the bathroom without 40 people trying to kill him. So, and it's yeah. just at some point it's just like what's the point <laughs> I can't, can't, 
take care of these 40 people. The next time I go to the bathroom, another 40 are going to come after me. It's, yeah. Uh, I think I'll go. I, he's like, I think I'll go get a snack. And then he turns around and there's 15 guys in Yakuza outfits trying to kill him. And then he turns her the other way. And uh, it's just. It, but it's it's reminded me similar similarly as the way Shaw would come, you know, critique a dystopian movie, how he can't get into them because why would you even want to be here? And I can't, yeah. I kind of felt that way, you know, I'm not bringing it to this movie. The movie is not at all. I mean, they're just making him cool and this kind of legend. But from my angle, it was just like, why would he even want to be here? <laughs> misery for him. <laughs> well, I mean, is it though? I mean, he he kind of. I think there's a part of John Wick that in, that kind of enjoys killing people. He also has a has. A, he's also of the opinion when he's just walking around, that like, "Hey, I'm John Wick. Like, if somebody comes at me, I can kill him. Like, I'm not too worried about that." Uh, or, or in many ways, he's uh, kind of thinking like a lot of these people aren't going to come to me because you know I, I am John Wick. Like, he's got that. He's got that going for him. He's got that swagger going to him. So and and you know he's again he he figures he can kill his way to what he wants, which is to be back and retired and just have a dog and and a house and and his car, which is just you know and and remembering his wife, which we you know is a, is another uh, kind of lingering factor throughout is that he just wants to be alive because she asked him to be. And I'm not claiming that to be a flaw in the movie. I'm claiming that to be like me putting myself in John Wick's shoes not wanting to be John Wick. You know, it's something I'm bringing to it. The movie by no means is even making you think this. This is all me on my own uh, bringing it to the movie. But, you know, when you start doing that, it's hard to it's hard to turn your brain off and uh, and keep it from making you project onto things. And that's what was happening for me. Anything else on John Wick 2 before we do John Wick 3? I like the kineticism. I like how it. I, I like how it doesn't slow down. I, I like the. I love the choreography and the gunplay. I think is fantastic. Uh, the the choices that Chad Stahelski makes and in, in his camera work is dynamic. So you know, as action movies go, it's is it smart? No, I wouldn't say it's smart, but it is. It is a. It reminded reminds me a lot of the what we see later on is the growing influence of. Uh, uh, clash, classic uh, kung fu cinema, uh, which is kind of a, combining with a sort of a modern uh, gun perspective of American action movies. And that type of marriage is, is appealing to me. Well, and if you can create a world and not cheat on it and keep it, there, there is a level of, you know, smartness or whatever, you know, intelligence to that, you know, pulling that off. Because most movies at some point screw it up. So, uh, you don't have to say it's not smart. It's smart enough. Uh, John Wick 3. John Wick 3 Parabellum uh, 2019 uh, picks up again the story immediately following what happened at the end of John Wick 2. Uh, John Wick has been uh, excommunicated from the world of uh, professional killers. He has no safe haven, but uh, Ian McShane's character has given him an hour 
And in that hour, he's got to go get himself uh, cleaned up and prepared to to fight his way out of New York and find uh, safe passage to Casablanca, where he can reach the next uh, part of his goal. And again, this is a, a lot of the, I'm not a video game guy, but this is certainly, you know, like video game cutscenes. Anytime he's anytime he stops uh, somewhere, it's it's like a video game cutscene. It just happens to be some of these cutscenes are pretty good. I like the opening of this movie a lot. I like the the countdown. I like the uh, the scene in the doctor's office where he's suturing himself up and has to finish it himself. And <laughs> that the lore that the doctor lays in about nobody's going to believe I didn't help you. Uh, I thought that was kind of darkly humorous. Uh, and, you know, that's all again to just get him to the next station, which is in Casablanca, where uh, he hooks up with Halle Berry and uh, they set apart the set about the next part of the journey. And at, again, that just sets up this massive action scene with him and Halle Berry just killing a lot of people in a very cool, well-constructed, well-shot way uh, that is exciting and fun. And again, it's all about you know, great cinematography and camera work and uh, keeping up an incredible, incredible pace. And then, of course, adding more lore. Like uh, Lawrence Fishburne's been there from the beginning, but they layer him in a little more here and uh, yeah, his background and what he does and that whole, whole homeless underground <laughs> that I thought was a, another nice bit of world building. It, you know, they create these little safe havens that John can find. You know, you've got Angelica Houston. You've got this whole lore about uh, his family in Belarus again coming into it. Like There's a whole, a whole lot of different things that are happening uh, in the background that build up very, very quickly. And, uh, and again, it just builds this entirety of lore behind it that's Again, I find very appealing and very fun. And you know, this movie—it's like what—it's over two hours long, but uh, for me, it just the pace never let up, and uh, I, I enjoyed that. Jeff, this was my favorite one. Uh, I think that it really, uh, it. <sighs> the other two, like Sean said earlier, they suffered from not having much, you know, of a female character <laughs> pretty much i mean you know <laughs> yeah. throughout them this one really really hit its stride and i think a lot of that was the female energy between halle berry angelica houston um the adjudicator who in yeah, real life is non-binary but i think was playing female in this movie and i just i you know seeing these three different kinds of women interacting with John Wick really, really made me like this much more. Um, there, it just seemed like there was, there was momentum as opposed to two, you know, there's definitely momentum in his story and you got, I mean, you got to see the manager like make a turn and uh, I just, I, I really, I like the characterizations of everybody much more in this one, you know, from John Wick to the manager, to the adjudicator, to um, Halle Berry's character, whose name is, is like gone from my head um, to the director played by Angelica Houston. I just, this one, and I don't know if it was the female energy or what, but I really connected more on more to this one than I did the other two. Sophia. Halle Berry's character Sophie. is Sophia. That's right. I mean, I'm lame and I probably like the first one the most, but watching them all in one weekend, it's 
like the movie, the world has expanded so much by the time we got to the third one, and I was almost overwhelmed. <laughs> and <laughs> it's one thing when you have to wait two years in between movies to yeah kind of let it get there, but we watched it happen over the course of six hours, <laughs> and it uh it was still a step up from two. I think two was my least favorite of all of them. Uh, but it was just, you know, now it's like season four or five of a TV show where they just, they get so crazy with everything going on that it's just such a complicated, complicated world and storyline. I mean, they're pulling it off and it all makes sense. None of it is, uh, wrong. It just, I, I find myself getting more and more overwhelmed within the world of John Wick. Well, like they hit their stride, you know, and it like it's like the third season of a TV show. That's when it really hits its stride and gains its audience. And I think that, um, you know, I think that you really you, by this time you're invested in John Wick as a character, but you're still like, why would he, <laughs> you know, why would he not just take a bullet and be done with it? Um, and that's you know that's explained, uh, but it's just. Why, why I, I'll be honest, I really had Halle Berry's character, Sophia, or, you know, if, if she had been there in the second one, I might have been a little more engaged. And, you know, whatever heteronormative bullshit that is for me, deep down, you know, about having a man and a woman on the run together. But I she just brings something that was lacking as a character, so... I wish she'd been in it more. And then, I, go ahead, Sean. I got to say, I, I, I my favorite, <clears throat> sorry, my favorite fight in the whole series is in Parabellum, and this, uh, the fight with Mark Dacascos, uh Zero in the in the hotel uh, is my favorite fight. And Dacascos is so funny. He's such a funny. He's such a funny actor because he's just he's just so weird but he doesn't realize he's weird and i i just i totally totally invested in that character and enjoyed i enjoyed seeing him uh especially at the end saying like i'll see you later i'll see you again john wick and like no you won't you're totally <laughs> dying dude but like, his little is just those little mannerisms his the little choices that he makes as a, as a character and an actor is just I, that i found that incredibly charming and then yeah, the, he was pretty great. The one that came out this weekend, John Wick Four. Yes, uh, John Wick Four picks up with uh, uh, John in New York, uh, being hidden by the Bowery King, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and preparing to launch himself into full-on war with the High Table. Uh, and of course, he wants a look at potentially taking revenge on Winston, the owner of the Continental, who seemed to turn on him at the end of uh, Parabellum. Uh, and he just again, we're just setting out into the world of uh, of Osa of the Continental and the and the lore. Uh, we've got to go to Japan, where another friend is waiting, and another Continental hotel with an even more uh, lore. And I again, it just this is a one that this one's the longest one of the of the four, but it didn't feel long to me. It's got a tremendous pace, and uh, the the choices that they make with the people who who are in here like especially with the choices of donnie yen and hiroyuki sonata they're just so awesome like those two actors are incredible donnie yen especially is just so matter of fact and 
is he's just so amazing bouncing off of John Wick or or Bill Skarsgård as the big villain in the movie. Uh, you know, we get a lot more high table lore here where they've invested all of their power into Skarsgård's character to uh, make the final decision, the final uh, kill of John Wick and uh, all building up to this incredible uh, dueling scene at the end uh, where there's a legit can, you know, there's legit stakes. Like will John Wick actually survive? Does he want to survive? Does he want to kill Kane? Uh, At that point, like he's, you know, kind of feeling like kind of kind of the way you guys want him to. It's like he's, he's finally reached that point. Uh, again, this is exciting for me. I, I I thought the action was again as kinetic as ever. It's building in more of the uh, the kung fu lore, uh, and and that influence is very heavily uh, within this movie. Uh, Donnie Yen did a lot of the choreography of his scenes and, and a lot of choreography throughout the series, and just get him getting this this spotlight here was pretty awesome but then i mean again the, I, I gotta shout out like the uh the karaoke sonata was so awesome as the manager of the continental just so much gravity and weight and uh you know the the good guy energy like he, he knows what's coming he knows he knows he's gonna get he's risking everything to protect john wick but he's got a loyalty to him and i i found that uh i found that to be fun i uh, he just you get him and his daughter. His daughter has a wonderful arc in this, uh, where she could, you know, be a very, very serious character if this, if the series spin off in some way. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And Bill Skarsgård is just the guy you want to see shot. <laughs> he just has that great. I want to see that guy get get it in the end. You know, energy. Uh, I, I really again another one. All four of these movies, I I, I enjoyed them a lot. I, I really do. I, I wouldn't sit here and, and say that uh, that I, they're great in any way, but I think I think as action movies, they rank highly for me among among action franchises because it's just so well made. I think as an action director, Chad Stahelski is is one of the best. Jeff, uh, it, okay. Uh, first, the bad. It was too long. Um, I really sat in the theater going. I, I checked my watch a lot during this one. Um, I thought that there was there was just I, I, how do you say unnecessary fighting in a John Wick movie? <laughs> but um, you know, there you did not need to see uh, the Continental fight go on as long as it did in the beginning. Um, I did not need to see, I'm sorry, his, what is, what's his name? Die. I didn't need, I didn't need to see that fight to know who Donnie Yen was. And mm-hmm. I kind of felt like that's what they were doing. They were setting up how he will do anything to save his daughter, which of course we know that, you know, he's going to go try to kill John Wick. Of course he'll do anything that was unnecessary. And it just added to the runtime, which as everybody knows by now, I'm a big proponent of cut 10 to 30 minutes out of a movie and it popped probably much better. Um, This is where I I literally said to myself in the theater, God, he can't even walk up up, like one flight of stairs without, you know, 500 people trying to kill him. Um, I thought that the, the scene in the house where it was like literally like watching a video game 
to the point where I was like, this looks like cutscenes from a video game or you're just watching gameplay on YouTube. I thought that was completely unnecessary. Um, overall, I liked the movie. I liked the characterizations of everybody. Um, I just, I, I shouldn't be checking my watch in an action movie that's got this much stuff going on. You know what I mean? I think that if you had cut out a half an hour, I would have been like, this would have been my favorite. Cut out a half an hour and put Halle Berry in there. I would have been fine. Um, I just, I, I wasn't particularly thrilled when I left the theater. And I, I felt that way with a lot of recent releases where I was just like, oh, I can't wait to see that again. This one, I was like, can we get a director's cut that's a half hour shorter? <laughs> a studio cut. Yeah. <clears throat> now, you said something in a group chat about if you took these four movies and cut it down into two really tight movies. you know, Oh, yeah. I, two of the yeah. best action movies of all time. Well, they'd be really... If you took out half the fighting and it's not that the it's not that i don't think that the like that's what these are for are fight they're fight movies however they the fights go on too long and every single one of them the fights go on too long except maybe the first one i think the first one is like okay and i think they saw that and they were like oh everybody really responded to the fighting let's put a half an hour of fighting extra in two three and four um, especially two and four. I, I think that if you cut that, if you cut some of the fighting out or cut it down and edit it a little differently, you could have come up with some really good fight slash suspense movies because there are some really suspenseful scenes throughout this series. Uh, you know, is John Wick going to die? Is he not going to die? You know, I never, I, on the only thing that, made me think that he wasn't going to die is knowing that there were four of these. I, that's because sometimes you're like, Oh, he could legitimately die in this situation. Oh, but there's two more sequels, but he doesn't. And I guess if I'd watched these when they first came out, I might've been like, Oh shit, he could, you know, he could die. Maybe he should die. Um, and by the time he was trying to get up those stairs in part four, I was just like, you know what? I hope somebody kills him and he doesn't make it. And then they have to blow out the manager's head. Right. You know, just come on, just do just end it. Cause it was just so unnecessary. <laughs> so unnecessarily long. It is cool though, that it's called John wick, but they do allow you that the believability that he might not make it out of this. Uh, that's pretty impressive for a movie like for a franchise like this, that's named after him. When you think they might have the balls to actually kill him off in one of these movies. Uh, I, I think that's says something about the, the people behind it. Uh, but overall I'm with you. It's just, it's, it's just not for me. It's too much fighting and it's, Again, not wrong with the movie. It's what I'm bringing to it that uh, I, I it's hard for me to pay attention to. Sean, what's I your favorite? Say I, what's your least favorite? Or go ahead, answer your question or answer your. I was your just going to say that uh, one of my favorite thread throughout all four movies is that uh, good people have dogs. 
<laughs> I like dogs. I don't have a dog. I'm not allowed to have a dog in my apartment, but uh, I, I, my best friend has a dog, and it's the best. It's the best dog, and yeah, it just just goes to show that dog people are good people. <laughs> and uh, um, I, I think, I think uh, in terms of my favorite, um, I think maybe it's Parabellum, maybe because uh, I do like what you. I like, I was with Jeff all the way, and on on Halle Berry. I wish she would have been a part of this movie too. That would have helped. Um, yeah, I, I think Parabellum is probably the best one. Then the first one, then this one, and then yeah, number two probably. Although I I, I like all four of them. I give all four uh, positive reviews. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Is it the same kind of three and two? Yeah, I would go three, one, four, two. Um, and honestly, four and two are pretty much they're evenly matched because I was kind of, I, I don't even know how to say the, the words today, but I was just so numbed by all the fighting in two that I don't even remember half of it. I just completely zoned out. Uh, cause it, it, like if I, tur- if I turned my head, he was fighting somebody else and I was just like, what the fuck Four, it was just, he was just everybody, you know? And for me, it really sealed the deal when he was trying to get up the stairs <laughs> and I, it would have the the Indiana Jones of it all would have been great if he like looked up the stairs and he had to get there and he saw like you know forty guys coming from the shadows and he just said oh fuck and then you cut to like you just cut to him standing at the top of the stairs and you see all the heaps of bodies you know that would have been funny. Like like Harrison Ford shooting the Cairo swordsman and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, just I I think it it would have been funnier and I would have been like oh good, <laughs> but you know then you have to have Donnie Yen come in and it's just just get on with it. Yeah, I do like more comic relief in my action movies than, and this era of action movies doesn't have it as much as like the eighties had, which yeah doesn't mean i'm right doesn't mean i just you know i like it's what you like yeah uh we did do about 35 36 minutes on john wick that's pretty good what were you gonna say jeff (laughs) no i was just gonna say that that's why i i could watch i watch die hard every year and i'd never get sick of it i know everything that's gonna happen i know every like line of that movie but i don't get sick of it because it's funny it's scary in parts and it's like oh shit you know there's there's actual stakes whereas here it's like he can he's like a jedi and he has magic and he can just shoot everybody and he's got you know anti-ballistic clothing and they're all wearing you know these these kevlar suits that (laughs) you know every time he's like pulling up his coat to shield his face i'm just like come on really that's established in universe that that works they i know but that. it's just it's it it it's used too much <laughs> yeah anything else before we go on to 1993 i do question the rewatchability of these like uh would these be fun to i mean i did enjoy rewatching them but like i it, do i have the kind of excitement of rewatching this that i do star wars of course not no uh, that's ridiculous. Star Wars is the is one of the most rewatchable 
movies ever. You know, same goes for Die Hard. Like, there's just a rewatchable quality to them. Rocky has the same way. The, just as thank you, very including me in that. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky is a, you know, the Big Lebowski is an incredible rewatchability. Um, this movies, these movies, probably not. I, not certainly not all of them. Uh, certainly, two probably doesn't have the best rewatchability. But uh, you know, uh, on occasion, uh, like on an occasion like this, if I've got a reason. Yeah, I, I I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But I also and, never and, watch. I never watch the Fast and Furious movies after, uh, again after I see them one time. Like it's just, it it's it's a it's a cookie. It's a it's just like that's what it is. It's like a it's this is a very delicious dessert. And then uh, I never need to do that again. So a quick question. I think you know, like spoiler alert. I guess because do you um, do you think he's actually dead? Well, not after a $73 million opening weekend, I don't. <laughs> well, there was, when, when uh, Friday the 13th Part 5, which just celebrated its 38th anniversary this week, came out, I, I will never forget the line in, I think it was People Magazine, that the, the opening line to their review was, where there's a till, there's a way. <laughs> and that's how I feel about this one. I, you know, I think, like, they, okay. I think if they want to keep it going, they need to actually take it away from Chad Stahelski and uh, get the guys from Crank back together. They steal John Wick's body and uh, they, they uh, <laughs> re- rebuild him like Jason Statham and Crank. Because <laughs> like Crank is like the is like the cocaine version of this movie. So <laughs> we could just make him a zombie and bring him back in that find a way to work that into the universe they would if i mean zombie john wick you know all right 1993 we've got born yesterday hear no evil married to it the opposite sex and how to live with them where do you guys want to start well, we're doing uh, the opposite sex and how to live with them. Uh, as soon as MJ is back, a friend of hers got a th- friend of theirs got sick, so uh, they've been not unable to record this week. But uh, we've I watched it. Uh, they watched it. Uh, it's it's not as bad as Hexed, uh, which is surprising. It's got Ari <laughs> Gross in it, uh, who's in Hexed, and uh, it, it is bad though. It, it is it is hard to sit through, uh, and it's only eighty. 88 minutes long <laughs> it's, I'm, I've had to I'm in the middle of it because I had to stop it because it was so dumb and I was tired so I'm like uh, just gonna put this off for a little bit and especially after MJ said they couldn't record this week I'm like I can take a break <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of miserable so I can stop <laughs> uh, but it'll be a fun podcast though once we get to record I can't believe it's not as bad as Hexed because I watched an episode of Murder, She Wrote the other night that Ari Gross was in, and I just was like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Between The Ellen Show and Hexed, I just, oh, God, I just fucking hate him. Yeah, I it, I get, it, I kind of start thinking of him in Minority Report, and like, yeah, that's a good fate for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, Jeff, you watched Married to It, didn't you? I did. Um why? <laughs> because it was the only thing I could watch without having to spend money this weekend. <laughs> I actually really want, I wanted to watch Hear No Evil because I never saw that one when it came out. And I do love myself a 90s thriller. Um, 
especially with Marley Matlin, who's fucking hilarious in real life. Um, she, but I was like, oh, married to it. That's included in Prime or whatever. So I'll watch that. And I love Stockard Channing. I love Sipple she- Sybil Shepherd. Sipple Shepherd. Um, it, but it was there was nothing really special about it. I mean, it was it was engaging. I was packing for Golden Con and putting sticker packs together and whatever. But I was just, I kept finding myself minimizing the screen and looking at something on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Um, but it was it was fine. I thought that some of the performances were better than others. Um, I did not know that uh, uh, Ron Silver could sing. Um, and I did, I always get him and, uh, Joe Montana mixed up now, uh, you know, or later in their careers. But, um, I just, it was, it was like one of those New Year's Eve or Valentine's Day movies that Gary Marshall used to do. That's what it reminded me of. Oh, oh God, no. (laughs) But with better actors. Okay. Um, I obviously must have been a better director because he's he's garbage. Gary Marshall is a is human <laughs> trash or was human trash. Uh, hi down there in hell, Gary. No, he's in heaven. Ouch. He's in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin hell for me. <laughs> you ever notice when somebody dies, they never say, "Oh, I bet she's looking down on you." Why is it never? I bet she's looking up at you. <laughs> I'm going to start about my dad. I know uh, well, I didn't say well, I didn't, never said that. What is, you're so <laughs> terrible. Awful. But, terrible. You know, I mean, I, I, it wasn't great, but it was fine. It was one of those Sunday afternoon movies where if it's on TV and you're cleaning the house, you can leave it on. But I'd never, I'd never heard of a, heard of it until we talked about what the classics were or what the 93 movies were. Mm. So, and you have, and you have, you have the opportunity to avoid Ari Gross. So, <laughs> well, I certainly wasn't going to watch that movie with him in it, and I couldn't watch Marley Matlin. So, we we went with Stockard Channing, the world's oldest teenager. The opposite, the the opposite sex and how to live with them is on Paramount. In case anybody has the Paramount streaming service and wants to have suffer. it. <laughs> All right. Next week we've got Dungeons and Dragons, uh, possibly spinning gold, a uh, thousand and one years, and hopefully a good person. Uh, if the good person comes, our classic will be the Lost Weekend. In 1993, we got Crush, The Adventures of Huck Finn, Jack the Bear, and Cop and a Half. Which one are you guys doing for the bonus? We'll be doing. We're doing Crush uh, with Alicia Silverstone. Uh, obviously, li- very likely to see more moist 1993 people, which is the uh, weirdest trend <laughs> we'd ever expected. Everybody, why was everybody so so wet all the time? Was this like a choice that Hollywood made in trying to present people? Like we can't have anybody be dry at any moment. I have a theory. Please, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> Now hear me out. Okay. He Michael made the Douglas, world wet. Well, well. <laughs> some, people, 
According to him, he made a bunch of guys. Work. <laughs> he said he slept with more men than Wilt Ch- Chamberlain spent <laughs> slept with women. But Michael Douglas in Basic Instinct, mm-hmm. and I think he took that, or uh, not, not even Joel Schumacher, Paul Verhoeven. Sorry, yeah, that's what I meant to say. I get them all mixed up because they make the same movies. Um, <laughs> he made Michael. Oh God, this is going to sound so bad. He made Michael Douglas so wet in that movie. <laughs> he was always sweating. Everybody was always sweating in that movie. And they yeah. were like, they just kept make, remaking Basic Instinct after 1992 for three oh, yeah. or four years. So everybody was sweaty and wet in that one. Why not make everyone sweaty and wet and everything else? Yeah, that's a that's as good a theory as I've heard so far. <laughs> Wayne we'll Knight, sweaty, <laughs> musky down there. Ah, uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's that 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 <laughs> is haunting. Ha- that is a haunting visage. <laughs> I'm just thinking what they really smelled like. Like, <laughs> just imagine the interrogation room from Basic Instinct. What that must have smelled like. Yeah, Wayne Knight uh. must have been awfully. <laughs> it must. <have> been. <laughs> Bo and foot odor and just and then and then whatever Sharon Stone was wearing. Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump over to flick chart if I can find it. That's my Facebook page. All right, we get to run the John Wicks through, or one of the John Wicks. Or, we were going to do that between every movie, weren't we? And I fucked it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you guys could stop me midway through. If I'm <laughs> Is there a point to it? I, I know you guys don't love these movies. I mean, I don't know. I feel like they're going to... Not going to go very high. Or we could do something else. You want to just play it straight up, or... Well, let's do let's do straight up and well, or we could look at our list and see. Like there was a couple of movies we wanted to have uh, higher on the list. I know that. All right. Uh, view all two thousand six hundred eighty-seven movies. <laughs> I know Midsummer we wanted higher. Yeah, that definitely is one for sure mm. that we wanted up there. Let's run Midsummer through. I can't believe that's four years ago. What was your favorite scene in Midsummer, Jeff? Oh, God. That's like asking me to choose between my children that I don't have. Um, <laughs> that opening with her, with yeah. her family, and oh, that fuck, was really yeah. hard to watch. Yeah. Um, having seen Hereditary and reading so much about that, after that opening scene where they'd established what happened, I was just like, I'm going to have to look through a lot, look for a lot of symbolism. And then, <laughs> you know, I was like, Oh, there's, there's a girl with a bear. Something's going to happen with a bear. And then they showed the bear later. And I was like, yes, I was right. Um, <laughs> That's my favorite memory of, of midsummer is walking out of it after, after I'm walking out to the parking lot. And just the only thing that's going through my head, they, they put him inside a bear and lit him on fire. I just kept saying that to myself over and over again because I couldn't fucking believe it. So 
he Jack uh, Raynor looks kind of like this guy I first dated when I moved back from New York to Chicago. And I just kept thinking, good for her. I want to do that to him. <laughs> I understood that is, it. That is not how you use the term bear, though. And you're, and you're well. <laughs> no, he did. He did like bears, so I thought it would only be fitting if we stuffed him in. If we stuffed him inside of on fire, in a little yellow A-frame, might would be fine with That's, that. Such incredible imagery. I mean, just the oh god, the the production is okay. Sorry, let's do. <laughs> well, you made Jeff answer his favorite scene. What's your favorite scene? Oh, I, it's 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 the cliff scene. It's the yeah. old people. Oh yeah. God That's damn! I just I just couldn't figure out like what the fuck is happening here, and then that giant mallet fall. I'm like, wow, wow. Yeah. yeah, and it's in the back of your head like that could possibly be what happened. Yeah, but you still, and then they go there, and you're like, okay, most movies wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's like you're playing chicken with the idea, and then suddenly yep. there, nobody's moving. <laughs> yeah, oh, such a phenomenal movie. But I agree that was the scene I was going to say as well. Uh, Midsummer, Three from Hell, this is very easy. Midsummer, yeah, yes. It's summer 21. Yeah. <laughs> summer. This is going to be like the opposite of John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Midsummer Rocky 2. Midsummer. 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 My cousin Vinny. Midsummer. Midsummer. Midsummer Rocky. Oh. Midsummer. Bob. I'm okay with this one. Midsummer. Yeah. Uh, Midsummer the social network. Midsummer. Midsummer. Midsummer, Donnie Darko. Midsummer. Midsummer. Love Donnie Darko, and I think we should do it sometime, but. Midsummer Psycho. Midsummer. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, God, Bob, you pick. It's Midsummer that, for me still. I like Psycho yeah. a lot, but I think Midsummer is like a. It's one of my top so, five. They are both in my top 10. Mm hmm. So it's. It's really that that's like Sophie's choice for me. Midsummer Goodfellas. Midsummer. Yep. Midsummer High Fidelity. First time it's gotten tough for me, but yeah, it's Midsummer. Midsummer Almost Famous. Midsummer. Midsummer. It's almost famous for me, but I'm not a I love I, I love almost it. famous, but I think Midsummer is like overall right now number three for me. So, I mean, that's it's to me it's Rocky, almost famous Midsummer. That's where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm perfectly fine with that being number one. I definitely think it summarizes yeah. the three of us pretty absolutely <laughs> perfectly. Yeah, that was the first that was the first movie that we all just couldn't stop talking about. You guys had me on because it was just like. And I remember that episode like it was yesterday. <laughs> Just unbelievable. Well, I remember Sean texting me like, I think I'm drunk, but I didn't drink anything. <laughs> yeah. And then I went south the next day. And I think if I remember right, you went to the gas station across the street to fill up or whatever like that. And yeah. I ran out of gas or I didn't run out of gas, but needed to fill up. And it just, I 
was feeling exactly what you felt, but I was trying not to because I didn't want to just re- do everything you said, but it was like, I can't not feel this way. And then I just started listening to, what was the name of that band? Uh, oh, fuck, yeah. Coven. Coven. Um, Coven, yeah. And there was some witchcraft album that just seemed to go along with this movie, even though the movie yeah, is not about witchcraft. Amazing. We should do that can record. I ask, <laughs> can I ask a question? Yeah. yeah. Is men... Really, number eleven. I mean, probably it doesn't probably doesn't probably belong we, there. We, we, I, we both there. we both really liked it a lot. Like okay. I know, I, no, I, I really I love that movie. I just I guess I really hadn't paid much attention to the fact that it was well up until today was in the top ten or right right up there. I'm not sure how it landed. I don't know high. either. I can't think of any. I don't even remember running it through at any point or what it might have beaten. It beat something that was probably way too high, and then it just never came up again. Gotcha. I mean, personally, other than maybe Annie Hall, and that's just due to history going bad on Woody Allen, I, I don't know what I would pick men over on that list of 20. I know Sean would take it over Heat for sure. But <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm surprised that it's it's – Above the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's what. Run around that, that We should run. Yeah, definitely. Let's do that. I bet you this is top five for us. I bet. Yeah. Oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Texas three Chainsaw. from hell. That's easy. Yeah, very easy. Texas also very easy. Twenty one. <laughs> I'm gonna do this to us again. This will be the same movie. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, it is. Two. It is. <laughs> My cousin Vinny. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly the same movies. Rocky. Yes. That's it's, Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw's social network. Yeah, um, so, Texas That's Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Donnie Darko. Yep, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Men. <laughs> <laughs> Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Goodwill Hunting. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. I agree. Old boy. This Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Tough. For yeah. Me. All right, that makes it easy. It is hard though. I love Old Boy because it's so such a great part of this show. But yeah. Midsummer, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Midsummer. Midsummer. Wow, didn't that's even go a, up against. A, would you? What would you pick? Uh, almost Famous or Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Sean, because I think you've been the deciding vote between me and Jeff. If I'm guessing right, <laughs> oh, yeah. I would have definitely picked Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> I honestly, I, I would have to say Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. How do we so, move it up uh, there? Quick, <laughs> 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 Sorry. Quick story about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, friends with John Dugan, who played Grandpa in the movie, he was like 20 years old at the time. And he told a story about that, that if you ever get a chance to meet him at a con, just ask him about the chicken in the birdcage. And especially if he talks late at night after he's had a couple. <laughs> it, I He told me this story. It was me and him and Cora Nemec, who played Parker Lewis on Parker Lewis Can't Lose, among other things. We were closing down the bar at the hotel we were all staying at, and he told me this story, and I laughed so hard I almost pissed myself. Just the way he told it, and he'd been drinking, so it was even better that way. So, 
you ever get a chance, ask him. Hopefully I get I get to record him saying it sometime. Cool. I've only ever gone to one con and this is I'm only telling the story so you guys can hate me. Uh Gunnar Hansen was there and sitting next to him was Bill Mosley and I went to Bill Mosley. Oh. <laughs> and then I went to Jordan Ladd after that. It didn't even in fairness, I, we hadn't. This was before we really fell in love with that movie. Uh, but in hindsight, I wish I would have stopped by his table. And there's no lines yeah. either. It was ridiculous. Oh, I'm uh, doing Midwest Monster Fest this fall in East Moline, and I get to finally meet Felissa Rose, who played Angela in Sleepaway Camp. Oh wow, That's she's awesome. she's making the rounds, huh? Oh yeah, she's finally coming here. So you guys should definitely come and join. When me. is that? Uh the second weekend in September. I'm gonna ask her about her weird uh, mid '80s turn away from horror and into Christian mommy blogging <laughs> of oh. the '80s. Oh, she had a weird turn. Yeah, she made a video where it's like she's a Christian mom who raps, which is very odd. Oh God. <laughs> don't ruin this for me sean <laughs> check out best of the worst on youtube they had the they had that story it's very 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 interesting i was i was shocked it was her i was truly shocked it was her yeah i'll have to i'll check that out i i i hope you guys get to come to that um just to meet some of the people i'm excited because tom morga is going to be there and he's the only person who's played leatherface Jason and Michael Myers. He's a stuntman. Wow. Uh, but he did the majority of Friday the 13th part five. So I'm going to have him sign the poster that I designed for that. Nice. So where is, is hereditary on our list? That's fine. Well, I mean, it's somewhere, but not in the top 20. Should be. <laughs> and we should, and we should definitely do everywhere, everything everywhere. All at once. Yeah, it's number one twenty-six. I mean, Bizarre. it doesn't. Pop, we've never ran it through, so it only gets the oh, okay. it pops up. And I don't know what could have lost to it, though. Anyway, hereditary through from hell. That's easy. <laughs> hereditary twenty-one. Very simple. Rocky yep. two. Simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, my cousin Vinny. That's pretty easy for you guys. Yeah. Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Hereditary. Uh huh. The Lion King hereditary. <laughs> hereditary. I don't know. That was close. <laughs> this one's tough. Two. This one's yeah. a little tough. Um uh, I'll go hereditary, but yeah, I love Kill Bill a lot. Yeah. Happy Kill birthday, Bill is, Quentin. Yeah, he's sixty today. Actually, um Kill Bill Volume One and Two are my probably my favorite of his movies, just as far as like he just kind of hit his stride there i mean i know it's lame it's cliche i just still think pulp fiction's the best thing they've ever done i've watched that too many times maybe that <laughs> I, it's almost like yeah, you can't just, even count it as a movie it's yeah <laughs> yeah it's like hit like the godfather level where it's just off here to the side you can't even well it's like it's like for me it's like star wars for me i gotta what is, what's your favorite movie of all time well i can't say star wars because there's a hundred of them now. And I just kind of treat them all as one. 
But that's why I say Black Christmas. Because it's perfect. Hereditary that's we should... Dog World. Which one? Black Christmas? Yeah, uh, Hereditary mm-hmm. for me. Hereditary, yeah. Dogma is great. I love yeah. Dogma. Hereditary High Fidelity. Hereditary for me. I mean, yeah, you guys are going to probably go Hereditary, so I'll go High Fidelity. <laughs> hereditary Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw, Texas Massacre. Chainsaw Massacre. I agree. Would you That's have a taken, good spot for Hereditary. Would you have taken yeah. Old Boy over Hereditary? No, I would have taken Hereditary. Yeah. What about Almost Famous? I would take Almost Famous. Yeah, I would take Hereditary. I'm not a huge fan of Almost Famous. No, I. It's definitely for a specific audience. Uh, anything else you guys want to run? I would this? also pick Singles over Almost Famous as a as my Cameron Crow movie. I would like to do everything everywhere all at once. Probably you did mention that, didn't you? Fourteen oh eight. That was a pretty good movie, actually. <laughs> right out of the gate, it's hard. <laughs> everything. Um, <laughs> it's not hard. It means Viagra. This is def- definitely everything we're all at once. Yeah, I was over Tango and Cash for those listening at home and not looking at my screen. <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. The Boston Strangler. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yep. Let the right one in. Or An incredible film, everything. but yeah. it's everything everywhere all at once. Zach and Mary make a porno. Everything Easily. everywhere all at once. Although I, I like I like Zach and Mary. I do too. I like Zach and Mary, but it's not one that I would you know, it's not one I'm like, oh my god, I gotta watch that again. Like I would never put it on a list. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, Major League, everything, everywhere, all at once. Everything, everywhere, everything. all at once. Agreed. There's something about Mary. Everything, everywhere, all at once. E E A O. Heat. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Agreed. Juno. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yep. And Juno is wonderful. Hereditary. It really is. Everything, hereditary. everywhere, all at once. You said hereditary, Jeff? Yeah. I just want to see what you'll say. Oh, it's everything. I think I'm probably out from the right here on out. <laughs> but <laughs> I think Sean might still go with it. I'm going to pick, yeah, I'll pick it over Texas Chainsaw for myself. But Oh, I'm going to pick Texas Chainsaw. It's Texas for me. It's that experience when Sean and I watched, it really was quite. I mean, everything everywhere at once is also an amazing experience too. But uh, again, why? It'd be nice if we could go against all four of them, old boy and almost famous, just to see where it truly laid out. But you know, I just I want to like speak a little bit to my influence on the show that five or four of the (laughs) one, two, (laughs) three of the top six are horror movies. Well, and you could even, 
I mean, Old Boy's not a horror movie, but it's definitely fucked up. Yeah. Just, you know. And then in the top 20, there's Jaws, North by Northwest, which is a thriller. Not really horror, but it is Hitchcock. Psycho, Men. I mean... Again, Men probably wouldn't be there. No. <laughs> I, again, I, just, I love that movie. I do. It, it would not be the number 14 movie overall. No, no, no. Yeah. That is a suggestion to <laughs> I mean, Dogma <laughs> wouldn't be in the top 20. Juno probably wouldn't be. Uh, I mean, Goodfellas is great, but it's kind of in its own little world, too. I don't know. I kind of fuck up the curve, though, because like I'm going to pick Friday the 13th, the original, over probably 60% of that list of the but, top 20. But I think we all balance each other out, too. I know. Though, I'm just saying. There'll be times where you and I will gang up on Sean and then vice versa. <laughs> and, like Outwaters? Yeah. <laughs> Although he didn't, he kind of was with us in a certain way. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up? Anything else anyone wants to talk about? Talk uh, about just a reminder uh, that uh, Eddie Money sings as a serial a serial cannibal killer in "Take Me Home Tonight." Uh, you can find I'll put I'll post that uh, song review on the uh, Facebook page for anybody who wants to check that out. Uh, <laughs> nobody's gonna read it. I also wrote a, uh, a sh- I also wrote uh, my own uh, horror short story. Uh, called The Accursed Mirror, uh, which is uh, up now and is a part of a horror writing contest. Awesome. That's cool. I'm writing something, too, so if I ever get it out of my head, I'll let you guys read it. It's a cop. It's a cop thing. Ooh. That's awesome. Think Harry Bosch. Only younger and gayer and American Horror Story-ish. I'm doing nothing creative whatsoever. (laughs) All right. Are we going to talk about the Mark Twain Awards, or are we going to end the show? What's the Mark Twain Awards? Adam Sandler won that got the Mark Twain Award for uh, (laughs) outstanding... For having a a movie coming out? (laughs) I don't know. It's... I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting that that an award like that goes out in the same at the same time he's got a movie coming out on Netflix. I mean, it, you know, the, I don't know if those two things would be related or not, but you know, perhaps, probably, yes, they are, definitely. Netflix paid for that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that makes sense because Chappelle got it a few years ago, and I'd imagine he had he had a special coming, coming out. out. Yeah. Netflix has paid for the Mark Twain Award. Just saying. Just saying. Well, John Stewart got allegedly. It last year, I think, and he had something on oh, Apple. So Apple. So yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense. Yeah. All right. I will talk to you guys next week. All right. Cool. Thanks. See you later. Bye. <laughs>